AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Brett Johnson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. And right now we are joined by Patrick Kulikan, who is the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, as we are going to be talking about some of the stories that they have been working on. And what we'll be chatting about today is a column that will be uh, coming out a little bit later in the Reformer this week, talking about the U.S. House budget plan, which could cut 80% of Title I school funding. We're going to talk about why that is significant. And then we're also going to be talking about Don Gilman, a Republican state representative from the St. Cloud area, Dassel specifically. She ran this nonprofit called Let Them Play MN, which uh, sued Governor Tim Walls in an effort to keep high school athletes on the field during the COVID era. Well, they are now running into some tax problems, so we'll be chatting about that as well. Patrick, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. So let's start off talking about uh, Don Gilman, as I mentioned. She is a Republican representative from Dassel, ran the Let Them Play nonprofit, which I mentioned sued Governor Walls back in 2020 and 2021 during the COVID era when many high school sports teams weren't allowed to play their games due to COVID restrictions. So she led that nonprofit for a while, uh, made a lot of noise, and she later got elected to the State House of Representatives. But there is an issue with this Let Them Play MN nonprofit. They never filed a Form 990. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, nonprofits, the Form 990, basically in a nutshell, shows how all of your expenses are spent which you would think would be a pretty uh, pretty essential thing to file for a nonprofit. Let Them Play Amen then had its tax-exempt status revoked by the IRS earlier this year, since we don't know how their $500,000 in donations were spent. So before we dive into the finances here, Patrick, tell us a little bit more about uh, Let Them Play, the lawsuits they filed, and, well, why this organization gained a lot of prominence back in 2020 and 2021. Right. Well, it, it seems like a million years ago now, but uh, the the pandemic uh, was in uh, full swing and the governor was taking measures uh, that he hoped uh, would would limit the spread. Um, and uh, the fear was that high school sports uh, would be uh, an excellent vector um, for the disease. Uh, this created a, a lot of uh, outrage amongst, I guess we call them COVID skeptics. And um, it, it led to uh, a lot of, I guess you'd call it grassroots um, organizing and fundraising. Um, and in this case, um, uh, Dawn um, Gilman was able to raise, uh, she says, a half million dollars from something like 25,000 uh, members. Uh, and and the, with the goal of fighting these shutdown orders and using litigation, uh, to, to make sure that students could keep still playing uh, sports. Um, so all is well and good, especially uh, after you raise the money and um, uh, you use some of that newfound prominence to get elected to the to the legislature, where she's become a, a kind of a red meat uh, right wing member, um, especially on some cultural issues. Um, but the problem is uh, we have rules, uh, and uh, they're there for a good reason. In the case of nonprofits, and, and I'm part of a nonprofit organization, so I'm kind of familiar with this, um, we want to make sure that the money is being spent um, in ways that are uh, th that are intended by the charity, and, and that's because we're giving a pretty significant tax break 
to people who donate to these charities. So, uh, and it's also just a, um, a good way um, for us to keep tabs on the nonprofit sector and make sure the money is being spent uh, appropriately. So that's why we have the, the, uh, these forms um, that we have to fill out. Um, and uh, Gilman has not uh, filed any, any of them. And uh, as a result, the nonprofit status of her, uh, her group has been uh, revoked. Um, now, obviously, kids are back playing sports, so it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, so I think her, her position has been, well, uh, that was in the past. Um, that's, that's all done with now. Um, and she's certainly right that the, the fight over sports is over at least for now, but um, we still have a right to know where all that money went. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm curious about, because uh, as we mentioned, this organization ras- ran or rose to some prominence back in 20 and 2021. What's been the explanation on why these forms weren't filed or how exactly this money was spent? So this is uh, interesting. She hired uh, a, a law firm uh just to sue Governor Walls, and there's some notable folks uh, at the law firm. Um, one of them uh, was the Republican candidate for state auditor. His name is Ryan Wilson. Uh, he declined to comment, um, citing attorney-client privilege. Um, we did get a statement um, from a guy named uh, Sam Deal, um, who was also an attorney for for at this firm that that represented Let Them Play? Uh, Sam Deal is a, a, also of note, uh, local counsel um, for the uh, Donald Trump campaign as it seeks to ensure that it stays on the ballot this year. It's fighting a ballot challenge over uh, his uh, insurrection attempt in 2020. So th- these are, uh, you know, some some pretty big name uh, Republicans, and uh, they sent us this statement saying that there was a miscommunication and that uh, led to a missed filing. Um, that's what Mr. Deal told us. Uh, but the problem with that is it wasn't just one missed filing; it was three years. Uh, they they've never filed a, a 990. So. Um, so that that's the explanation. To me, it's it's not really an explanation at all, um, other than they say they're they're going to file the necessary paperwork, um, and that's great. And then maybe we'll learn uh, where the money went because uh, we we I'm not suggesting here that it was stolen. I I understand that when you file two federal lawsuits, the the legal fees can be quite ex- extensive. But um, it seems like we we have a right to know. I mean. Well, I know we do. The law uh, mm-hmm. ensures that we have a right to know. Well, and just to emphasize this too, I mean, years ago I worked a little bit doing nonprofit accounting, and obviously at the Minnesota Reformer, you're a nonprofit as well. It's this is a pretty common form that you have to file. This isn't some easy or some complicated form that oh yeah, this went by the wayside. Oftentimes, firms miss these or nonprofits miss these. This is a pretty common form that you you pretty much have to file. Yeah, if you're a nonprofit organization, uh, um, it's it's like the one thing you absolutely must do, and uh, you know it's it's very it's it's basic, especially if you're a small outfit like like this one was. Uh, you don't have to record where the money came from, only uh, how it is spent, um, and then you list some officers and and the highest paid employees and that kind of thing. 
and, and your biggest expenses. Um, it's it's not that big a deal to do it. And if you were to take in five hundred thousand dollars for your nonprofit mission, there, absolutely there'd be no question about the fact that you would do this. Well, you can read more about uh, this. Let them play MN organization uh, having their tax-exempt status revoked, again, represented by Don Gilman, who is a uh, Republican representative from Dassel. Find that over at minnesotareformer.com, minnesotareformer.com. One other thing I wanted to ask you about today has to do with a column that you are going to be running later this week about the U.S. House budget plan, which plans, uh, well, as of right now, cuts 80% of Title I school funding. Now, I have to admit, I'm not exactly familiar with what exactly Title I school funding is. So I'm curious, I'm going to turn the floor over to you if you can kind of talk about why this is important and why people should pay attention. Because if I see an 80% cut to school funding, uh, that kind of gets my attention. But this is something I'm not exactly familiar with. Yeah, the most school funding comes from the state and, and local government. Um, but there is one major federal program called Title I. It's aid that's directed to schools uh, with a, a relatively significant portion of students um, who come from, from uh, less privileged backgrounds. And uh, it's pretty significant in some districts. So, for instance, um, um, I noted that in, in St. Cloud, uh, they are getting uh, something like $5 million from Title I funds. Now, the reason I, I picked St. Cloud is because that's in the district of uh, U.S. Representative Tom Emmer. And um, all, there's all this drama happening in Washington over the shutdown, and then we narrowly averted the shutdown at least for six weeks, and now they're today, as we as we speak, they're, they're potentially deposing the speaker. Um, and it's a lot of spectacle, but we have to pay attention to the actual policy details. This is uh, what the uh, Republican budget, this is what they put forward as a way uh, to satisfy the hard right, uh, their hard right sub caucus. It was an 80% cut in Title I uh, spending, which was a quarter of all of their proposed spending cuts. So, so most of, I shouldn't say most, but, but a healthy chunk of their spending cuts, they've decided to go after money that goes to basically the underprivileged uh, kids uh, in their, their schools. Um, $5 million for St. Cloud. Uh, I, uh, apparently, um, that would lead to, they'd have to cut about 60 teachers if, if they were to cut $4 million out of the $5 million. So that's just that district. And you go around the state and you find uh, there's a lot of Title I uh, a lot of school districts getting significant money, and I was most interested, for obvious reasons, in, in our Republican members of Congress, who who are really would be hurting their own their own districts uh, significantly because the, uh, you know St. Cloud and Rochester down in the first congressional district and and Duluth and uh, there's there's an Iron Range district up there that gets half a million at Moorhead and you go around to Greater Minnesota. And they would either have to cut teachers uh, or they'd have to raise property taxes. And the, the reason that these Republican members are, are okay with these cuts is because there's, they say they're for small government, but they don't want to touch the Pentagon and they don't want to touch Social Security, Medicare, um, because those are untouchable politically, but it's also their own constituents programs so heavily. Um, so I, I think 
what I'm going to try to convey in that column that's going to run tomorrow is as you watch the spectacle and laugh uh, and and point and laugh and, and maybe in a little bit of uh, pain as we watch our, our uh, dysfunctional Republican House, um, don't forget to look at the policy details. Absolutely. And you can read more about that column over at minnesotareformer.com, minnesotareformer.com. We'll chat a little bit more about that in detail next week, but we are a little short on time. Patrick Kulikan, editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, has been joining us on the airwaves. Patrick, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Brad. All right, let's take a break and send things back over to Matt McNeil on AM 950.